Empower Radio presents Positive Now with Lisa Jesswine. Connect with interesting, inspiring, creative, and spiritually uplifting people who know the value of being positive now. Here's Lisa Jesswine. Now, oddly enough, not only am I going to be the host today, but I'm going to be the guest today. Yep, I am my own guest today on Positive Now because it occurred to me that you might not really know that much about me and I don't really know that much about you. So I wanted to get to know you a little bit better during this half hour. This is going to be a half hour show. And I want to hear some things that you might like to hear on the show. So at any time throughout this half hour, if you want to give me a call and talk about anything going on in your life or things that you find really intriguing or interesting and say, hey, Lisa, this is what I'd like to know about. You can call 248-809-3474, 248-809-3474, and we'll talk a little bit about it. This this time, especially this time of year, we are in major transition. Also, as we go into the year 2012, it's all about transition. Okay. And this is the time and it's, it's not only me that's taking a look at my life and, and where am I going and am I doing the right thing? There are a lot of my friends around me, people that I just happened to strike up conversations with when I was at the coffee house and everybody's thinking about and or in the process of doing or have already done or gone through a major transition whether it is in their personal life or something to do with their career or their spiritual life, there's some sort of a shift and it's almost like a, like a magnetic pull and you kind of don't know what it is. You just know something's not right and that you feel that you need to be doing something else at a particular, and, and sometimes these are people, um, the one person who I talked to, had been working for a, a car company for the past 20 years. And as we were talking, he said, you know what? I just feel like I'm supposed to be doing something else. And we talked for a while and he said, well, what's that something else? And he said, I wish I knew. But all I know is I am done doing this car company thing that I've done. And I'm trying to move into this new area. And he said, now how I'm, <laughs> I'm going to tell my wife that I want to do this. <laughs> now that's a whole other story. But what I'm getting at is that everybody right now is getting that pull to do something else or find something else about them, you know, differently. I mean, I've even been considering for this show some type of a name change. And when it comes back around, you may hear uh, a name change, say, you know, same host, me, but somehow the name will be changed because I am in a state of transition right now. And one really cool shift that you may see in the show is that I would like to focus on people that you may see every day, but you don't really know them. For example, people that are your neighbors or your coworkers or your friends do you even really know them? Meaning, what makes them tick? Why they are who they are, where they've come from, where they're going. This is what fascinates me. Now, of course, you're going to still hear the authors and speakers and, you know, the big names, the Doreen Virtues and the John Hollins and the Sonia Shokats and all of that kind of stuff. But 
what has always fascinated me, even in that conversation, when I was talking to that man in the coffee house, to sit there and find out that after 20 years, he wanted to move on to something else. And he was concerned about his family. Of course he is. But how, how can we balance that? between being responsible and, and, you know, paying all the bills we need to pay and yet moving forward towards something that we know is pulling us. Because ultimately, ultimately, you know, spirit and source wants us to be the best person we can be. And that may not be staying in, you know, X job. It may mean moving into something else that requires you pretty much to leap off the cliff. That's where people get stopped. They walk right up to the cliff and they know they have to jump and they even feel like, yeah, I'd I'd sprout wings if I jumped, but I'm going to stand right here. I'm not going to step one foot out there. When you step off that cliff, that's when the adrenaline starts pumping. But guess what? You are one little step closer to being who you truly are. So that's what I sort of want this show to sort of morph into is finding out all of those things from people what what makes you laugh cry think act wonder create focus fail succeed what makes you you and i'm i'm going to just sort of step out here and say that i would love you to tell me about someone that you know that has an inspiring fascinating story And it can be anyone. And guess what? You don't have to have gone through a major trauma or earned a huge degree or written a book or whatever, been on TV in order to have a really cool, inspiring story. So if you know somebody, you can email me at lisajesswine at me.com. And this will be up on the website too. L-I-S-A-J-E-S-S-W-E-I-N at me.com. Because isn't that the time when you're you're most fascinated? I get it. I love going to see authors. I've read tons of self-help books. I love conferences and I and I encourage people to go to those. But sometimes you can find the exact amount of inspiration and wisdom from sitting down and talking to one of your grandparents or having a friend over and hanging out. Right? Because they're the people we turn to. Every day when, when we have something going on in our life. So there must be a reason. There's something that we love about these people that we trust that fascinates and excites us. And this sort of all started when I was watching an Oprah show. And she had a guy on there who, who had a, a new show. And basically what he would do, he would go into different states, different towns, and he'd take the local phone book. And he would flip through the phone book and point his finger somewhere on some page. And he'd look down and he'd go, oh, Steve Smith of blah, 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 whatever it is. And he would pick up the phone or he would go to their address and he would interview them. And it was so amazing, the stories that came out of somebody just flipping open a phone book. And so Oprah did the same type of concept and she had a a seating chart made up of her audience okay so it's it's up on a board there and you could see all the seats and the different numbers and she took a dart and she threw the dart at the board to see where it would land because whoever was in that seat that's who she was going to spend some of her time interviewing on a you know 
a show coming up or whatever. So she threw the dart and this gentleman stands up and long story short, when she goes to interview him, the cool thing is that he was from Ghana and he came here to the United States with practically nothing in his pockets and he is now a neurosurgeon. So right there, the, the amount of, of wisdom and inspiration that you can get from somebody who came, uh, you know, from a war-torn country to the United States, nothing in their pocket, and now they are a neurosurgeon who helps save lives. So that's what I mean when I'm talking about finding those type of people. And like I said, they could be your neighbor. And guess what? They don't have to be someone who cured cancer or do neurosurgery. It could be somebody who has just always inspired you and has a great story. I would like the ability to tell their story. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to talk about myself, you know. And when we become shy, we don't want to toot our own horn. We don't want to seem narcissistic. It's not narcissistic. It's saying to the world, I am happy and pleased with who I am and where I've come from. And thank you for wanting me to share my story. So that's what I'm looking for. So you can, you can send me anybody's name and contact information at Lisa Jesswine at me.com. And again, all that information is going to be up there. And I also wanted to share a little bit more about myself and why I am such an advocate for the come on everybody, tell your story because you've got something that is going to hit somebody. Um, I grew up in a great little, you know, um, three bedroom, bath and a half brick ranch, uh, you know, sort of Joe everybody neighborhood. And we all, you know, walked to school together and it was, it was a great, great life but there was something brewing just under the surface that was planned for me and I believe it was in the form of some sort of a contract a destiny of mine if you will and I was born with something called dysplastic kidneys which just means they they were too small at the age of seven I started going to clinics to get my blood drawn every single week and I was seven years old it was sort of a a beautiful naivete I didn't know that every kid did not go get their blood drawn every week I didn't understand that. And at the age of 12, um, they, they came into a room, and I remember telling them, you know, them looking at me and saying, Lisa, you're going to have to go on dialysis. And I thought, well, what's that? And I was just 12 years old. And I remember them taking me down to Children's Hospital in downtown Detroit and in the dialysis unit, and I still remember the smell like it was yesterday. And... They were wanting me to look at all the kids on the machine, and I remember thinking, well, what does that have to do with me? I'm not sick. That's them, not me. Little did I know that that was going to be me in a matter of months. My kidneys were failing, and the only way to stay alive was to go on dialysis. So I had to um, have what was called a Scribner's shunt put in my arm, and I had to go on dialysis three days out of the week, for four hours at a time, and I did that for three and a half years. At a time when children should be worrying about, should I be on the basketball or the baseball team, or, you know, am I going to be a cheerleader? I was worried about, am I going to live? And a kid shouldn't have to do that. But it was my destiny. It was what I was meant to go through. And I don't regret or am angry about any of it, because it made me who I am today. 
So from the age of 12 to 16, I was on dialysis, and I was such a good patient that they decided to teach me how to put myself on the machine. And so I learned, because from a shunt, it went to a graft in my leg, and I learned how to put needles in my leg, and I did that for three years. I learned how to do that. I learned all about my medications. I learned about my foods. Because when you are sick and you are going through something, you can either play the victim or you can step up to the plate and find out absolutely everything you can about what's going on with you. Become proactive when you are going through this. It actually gives you a form of control. Instead of sitting back going, oh, woe is me. Hey, okay, what can I eat? What can I? How can I make this situation better? And trust me, It was hard some days to go ahead and have that positive chip in my brain go off. But I knew better things were coming. Deep down inside, I knew it. I knew I was going to get through this. So at 16, we got the phone call. Lisa, wake up. It was my parents shaking, shaking my bed early, early one morning. I said, I don't have to get up and go to school. What are you here for? They've got a kidney for you. Really? Really? And I woke up and I remember just being dazed and trying to pack my bag and not knowing what to pack because I'd always just been taken into emergency. I've never had to pack a bag to go to a hospital. And I remember driving down I-75 and we got to the hospital and I thought to myself, this will be the last time I go on dialysis. And I just knew it. I knew it would be. And my transplant was from a 25-year-old male who died in a car crash in Grand Rapids. And bless him, bless him, bless him, that he um, decided that the gift of life was someone that he wanted to give. So I remember lying on the gurney and them wheeling me in to the operating room. And they put the mask over my face. And I was so excited. I thought, I'm going to stay awake for this. This is exciting. I'm getting a kidney. And as I'm dozing off, I remember the surgeons looking over the top of me. And don't ask me where I got this. But I looked at the surgeon and said, I hope you'll respect me in the morning. (laughs) Kind of odd for a 16-year-old to say. But, you know, that's how I always helped myself was using humor. So my kidney transplant came at 16. And I took that and I ran with it because someone cared enough to help me to live. And there were several other problems that happened along with that, including, you know, gallbladder surgery and shingles and hip replacements and cancer and a second kidney transplant that I got from my identical twin sister, Michelle, which I'm very grateful for. And she's alive and kicking with her one kidney (laughs) and I've got her other one. So we're doing really, really well together. The bottom line is just because... I have been through all of these things doesn't mean I have to hate life. And it doesn't mean you have to hate life. I also had an ex-husband who cheated on me and left. So I've been through a divorce as well. I've been through the inability to not have children. At age 16, they had to give me a treatment that they said, this probably will mean you won't have children. Well, at 16 years of age, I wasn't thinking about it. But as I grew older... It made me very sad that that ability to choose to have children was taken away from me. So maybe you're going through that. Whatever it is that you're going through makes you who you are. And it just depends on how you react to it. 
I used to think, oh, I am a kidney. This, this is what I am. It's not what I am. It's what happened to me. And then how I choose to react to it really speaks to who I am and speaks to my character. So whatever it is that you're going through right now that makes you angry, oh, so angry or sad, whatever it is, know that you can get through it. It was brought to you for a reason. And if you want to just yell at your computer right now for me saying that and you are sick and tired of people saying, oh, well, it was meant to be. You'll never be given more than you can handle. As much as you may hate hearing that, it is the absolute truth. Because every time another surgery happened, I would think, how many times can I get knocked down? (laughs) And the answer is an awful lot. An awful lot of times. When the doctor came in after I had just had two surgeries back to back and then said, Lisa, you have cancer. (laughs) I I literally thought, wow, good thing I'm good at going through the stages of grief. Because I immediately came to acceptance and I told him, fine, then you get me somebody in here who's had the type of cancer that I have. Oh, and by the way, because you told me while I was all alone and had no support system, you get to tell my mother. That was my little punishment for him. (laughs) so getting to that acceptance phase is the hard part because we can get stuck we can really get stuck in a lot of these even if you're stuck right now but you feel like you've got a great story I want to know about it I want to talk about it maybe you telling your story can help somebody else who's listening out there we are all stars to a certain extent and you know what? I'm, I'm not talking about that in, oh, on TV, on radio, whatever it is. But we are stars. We're shining beings of light. And the brighter we shine, the better the world becomes. It's just when we start dimming that we're really not doing anybody any justice. And, and that reminds me of one of my favorite movies that has always inspired me. I'm trying not to laugh too hard at this one. But it's Legally Blonde with Reese Witherspoon, because she played that character, Elle Woods. She was who she was, made no excuses for it, stood up loud and proud in the face of others, putting her down, sometimes directly to her face. And she was like a little duck. All that water just rolled off her back. She didn't care what people said about her. She moved forward with who she was and her vision and her passion. And that's why I absolutely love Legally Blonde. Another one is uh, Remember the Titans. Remember that movie with uh, Denzel Washington? And it was a very tumultuous time. The integration of black and white in schools and also on that football field and the way that they came together and had an undefeated season. They were each individually who they were, but they had to mesh together. So that's what we have to do. Mesh together in this world. Find out where we fit, but don't stop shining. Don't stop being who you are. Make sure that you move forward. So whatever inspires you, maybe it's music, maybe it's books, maybe it's TV. You know, whatever it is, embrace that part of yourself. And that's kind of what I'm doing here and why I want to know about you. So... Maybe it's you that you would, you'd love to be interviewed. So you can go to lisajustwineatme.com and say, hey, this is my name and, and this is my phone number and this is a little bit about my story. So I definitely want to know 
uh, give me a, a little background. I know, and that may seem weird at first because you're like, oh, I got to yeah, write about myself. Yeah, just a little paragraph. Some things that maybe you're proud of or that you're not so proud of, but you think someone could learn from your mistakes. That's the whole part of this. And, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll have the people that have inspired me, my parents. Oh, geez, my parents. They're coming up on their 50th wedding anniversary. 50 years together. That amazes me. Amazes me that my parents have been through so much. My, my dad is a, a recovering alcoholic, and my mom at one point was in a deep depression, and they fought through everything to be together. That inspires me. My twin sister, Michelle, who, you know, very graciously gave me her kidney so that I could live. And when that first kidney started to fail from, from that young man uh, from Grand Rapids, I was like, please just keep me off dialysis. And I was right. They did. My twin sister stepped up. And on April Fool's Day of all days in 1992 was when we had our surgery together. So she's someone who inspires me every single day. Because she's kind of been like my keeper as well, always making sure that I'm taken care of. And that's a pretty hard burden to have to have on someone. Because there was just her, and then the doctor said to my mom, hold on, another one's coming. And my mom said, another one what? <laughs> and he said, a baby. And then, ta-da, I showed up. Surprise. And oh, what a surprise I turned out to be. So we're going to go through this together, this transition phase, okay? I'm transitioning. This show is going to be transitioning. And so are you. So why not Share that transition with others. And we can share ideas and we can share uh, books, thoughts, movies, music that inspire us. Uh, Matt, who's sitting here, has been, he's been running the board. You, you know what? You're an inspiration to me too, Matt. I want you to know that. Thank you very much. You are. <clears throat> Matt's in a huge transition too. And he's trying to move towards that pull that he feels. So we can all go through that together. Don't be afraid just because you don't know the outcome doesn't mean that you shouldn't put one foot in front of the other I'm so happy that I've been able to share a little bit of my story and what I'm looking forward to is hearing more of your story and what do you want to hear about and don't discount yourself I know you have a cool story I know you're a great person be strong enough to let me tell your story. I want to thank everybody for listening for this half hour and for choosing to be positive now. <laughs>